Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Cisco Technology Podcast. It's me, Justin Woolen, and uh, you can contact the show on Twitter at Justin Woolen, or you can email me at justin.woolen at cisco.com and you can also contact us on LinkedIn as well, or you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, no Mark today, he's been expelled uh, for bad behaviour, not really, um, but we're joined by Sophie, our exec producer. Hi Sophie. Hi everyone. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Wonderful. <laughs> and we're also joined by Scott Gardner, who is the leader of the Cisco UK and Ireland. Hello. Hello, how are you? Yeah, well, thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So, Scott, um, on, on researching for this, for this podcast, which I do do a bit sometimes now and again, I look on the internet and stuff, uh, I found that you uh, accepted the job for the leader of Cisco UK and Ireland on the 23rd of June, which is an important day to all listeners of the podcast because that's my daughter's birthday. Big shout out to Kira. Um, and uh, that's the day of Brexit as well. So you've accepted a role and then this big vote happens. And then on the 24th of June, you wake up and the result. <laughs> so how did that feel? Um, oh, it's interesting because I was one of the people, perhaps of all of my European colleagues, that was uh, more, um, I was more expecting that there could be the possibility, a strong possibility of an outvote. Uh, none of my European colleagues agreed with me, um, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, I, I, my personal view was that it was going to be a much closer run referendum than the initial polls had been suggesting. And it proved to be so. So when, you, when that's the case, it just means it's going to be different. It's a roll of the dice. You don't know what's going to be the outcome. And as such, uh, I was prepared for it, but it, it's, it's a less assured um, understanding of what you're going to be doing over the next 12, 24, 36 months. And it's proved to be so. But it's not a bad thing. It's uh, Brexit has focused the minds of both business and politicians together. And if you look at it pre-Brexit, we didn't have a digital strategy. We have a digital strategy. We didn't have an industrial strategy. We have an industrial strategy of which digital plays a large part. And so that focus has really brought into, you know, very clear for, I think, businesses and politicians how important digital is going to be going forward. Um, and that represents an opportunity for Cisco because the products and services that we are providing into the market at the end of the day are at the heart of enabling that digital transition for customers and, you know, countries. So when you were... I'd like to think you apply for the job or you're going through the selection <laughs> for the job. Did you have a, uh, an in-vote and an out-vote as part of your plan? You have to, I think like all things in business, you have to prepare for, you have to prepare scenarios. And as part of the process, we thought about, discussed through what's, a, what's an in scenario and what's an out scenario. And like I think many people during the, the year post the vote, um, we've all learned a lot more. We all know now a lot more than we did at the time of the vote. Um, we understand some of the detail of what it's gonna mean to us from uh, you know, just a physical, logistical operation for our, for our business and how we will plan for that going forward. So you had, as, as, a, as any good leader, you had a plan for both scenarios. <laughs> yeah, you have to have a plan for all scenarios, yeah. Oh, there we are, brilliant. So the other thing around, uh, you mean I work in the enterprise networks team and, and David Goff made sure that I talk about the network. And that is something that, 
I mean, I've been here 10, 10 years at Cisco now, and it's always been a, a challenge to make sure we can sell the value of the network. And, you mean, we've gone on to other things. We do data center collaboration and security and trying to keep the network as still our core and foundation on our messaging. How have you, how have you found that? And what's your, point of, what's your thoughts on that? I've been at Cisco 20 years as of next week. Um, uh, <laughs> thank you very much. And I think the network has never been more relevant. The network is a unique point of visibility and control. And I think that's never been more true than it is today. As customers embrace cloud, as customers embrace automation, as IoT starts to become pervasive, the network uh, has a position in enabling, controlling, and automating all of those things, which is absolutely unique. So the opportunity, I think, has never been greater than it is today because any other approach ends up being piecemeal rather than viewing it from a network perspective directly in the infrastructure. I like that. I like that answer. Makes me very happy as a person in the Enterprise <laughs> Networks team. There you go. My boss, David Goff, will be very happy now. So it was really interesting because I was reading a bit in one of your bios uh, that are online. And um, you've done a plethora of different jobs at Cisco in your nearly 20 years. Uh, mm -hmm. Happy anniversary for next year. So you've done, you were at, uh, so when I first joined, uh, you were running public sector. And then you went on to do, was it, what was that? BT, BT after that. Yeah. And then you've done service provider. So what's the, uh, what's this like, what's, been running the UK compared to those roles? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that always amazes me is that the when you change roles, even though it's within one company, it is more different than you expect. Each role has um, its own unique attributes. In my previous role, running service provider for EMEA, you're running a line of business. You know, you have a number of large customers. It's a large business, but you are you are in the heart of that industry. You know, you spend your time with people in the industry and you become uh, very close to it. And your daily thoughts and processes are all about um, everything that's going on in the industry. When you move into a geographic leadership role, such as the UK and Ireland, it all changes. One, it's incredibly diverse. You've both got the day-to-day -day business, but, you know, we are an employer, we're a member of the community, we're a very large foreign direct investor in the UK, um, and we, you know, we have a, a number of roles to play that is um, perhaps much wider than in that line of business role. And one of the things that you really understand is you very much become the public face of of that role. You're the public face of Cisco in the UK and Ireland, and that's a change versus an industry role where, where it's an important community, but it's a smaller community. It's not as diverse as, uh, as say, a geographic role. So that's probably one of the biggest things I've noticed in, in requirements. You get to do a lot more things like this. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, they're rather fun. And, uh, you know, I'm passionate about our, our ability to support not only our own business, but also the community in which we are part. We are part of. I think one of Cisco's great cultural uh, aspects is is giving back to the community. Mm -hmm. And in and in this role, you have a lot of opportunity to leverage that with the employees and you know with other 
other business partners as well. Yeah, because that's really been one thing I've noticed over the last few, well, good few years at Cisco is that how we are working a lot more with the community, where, uh, especially with the grads, the apprenticeships, and, and working with, with government as well. It's, it's a real change, I would say, from when I first joined Cisco. And it's a real, I think it's really positive. And then you've been able to, and the thing with your role, it's that it's not just been a, uh, an expert in service provider, but you've got so many different hats now. That's a real difference, isn't it? So, yeah, I mean, I, th I think you know you have to understand that. Well, we do have a responsibility for us to become. You know, we're an enabler of business. We're an infrastructure supporting business, and we enable uh, customers and um, governments to execute as they as they digitize their own uh, their own business. And we have a real responsibility in doing that. We've got to help people be effective in doing it we've got to help people be secure in doing it yeah um you know and at the same time we have to understand that all business has a role to play in supporting all members of the community and the nation um, and i think there's a uh, it, it's a point of genuine personal pride that cisco has been a long-term investor in skills in the uk you know we have put some 200,000 people through the Cisco Networking Academy and actually if we can help people get better skills they can have better jobs which drives the economy uh, which ultimately dri drives our business and we're actually trying to accelerate that activity right now we put some 18,000 people through the Networking Academy with our partners last year we're trying to accelerate that into the low 20,000s this year um, so you know focusing on how skills improve outcomes for all of us i think is uh, is something i'm you know i'm genuinely proud of and and, and so we should be because it's uh, you and i forget because it was such a long time ago because i'm not spring chicken like i used to be but when i went through some of my, my qualifications and going through the cisco academies and all that and you forget that that's how important it is and how many people we're skilling up out there to have you I mean if any employer will take somebody in who's been through network academy and has those qualifications they do stick out don't they yeah, it's, I, I, visited, um, I visited an academy just north of the city a couple of months back. And, and one of the things that really impressed me was the students were clear that their experience through the Cisco Networking Academy and the program they'd been on was something that was really called out by prospective employers or prospective uh, providers of apprenticeships. It was something that they had all zeroed in on on their CVs. Mm -hmm. um, so really brought it home to me in a very real sense what the quality of that training and the reputation of that training in the marketplace means to individuals in helping them be more successful with their lives. So good for us, good for the economy, and really very much making UK business more competitive as well. I'm going to be slightly uh, uh, biased here, but I am pushing my son to go down that route. He's just doing his GCSE, so he's doing computer science. And uh, funnily enough, I'm sure I'll end up uh, forcing, not forcing him, uh, joining the, uh, going into Cisco Academy as well. But yeah, but it's, it's a really valid point that you, you've raised, and it's something I, I forget about as well, that the amount of... Because um, I just remember when I, when I left the Army, when, uh, about a year before you joined Cisco, I, we all qualified up on, on Cisco. We went through the, the, the Network Academy through the military, and we came out because we knew that's how we were going to get the best jobs leaving the military was because of that. So that's a bit about me, but there we are. So, I mean, we talked a bit about Brexit and when the, I mean, the current economic climate and socio-political environment. You mean, how, how is Cisco set up in the UK to the most of that? One of the changes I've made coming into this year is actually I, I've 
restructured us to take advantage of regions. Mm -hmm. um, I think whatever your politics, one of the things the Brexit vote showed is the importance of inclusion on a national scale. Um, so it's not just about London. We're talking about skills earlier when it comes to the networking academies. We're very focused on making sure that we have good representation, skills development, and business development, not just in the southeast, not just in London. It's important that we also are effective for the whole of the UK and support the whole of the UK. So we've got a bit of activity of work right now based around Manchester. Uh, we're opening the My Idea Centre with Manchester Science Partnerships next week. Which so what is that? What is the My Idea? It's, it's supporting startups and incubating startups, some of which we invest in, some of which we're just providing food and water and space to, <laughs> and, and really helping them get up and off the ground, uh, looking at them. You know, some of them will be prospective investments for us, uh, some of them are investments for us, and really building that ecosystem of uh, startups and building a community around the Manchester area. We have one in London, we're looking at opportunities in Wales right now. We also have some uh, activities in Stirling up in Scotland as well. Oh, very um, good. I'd be so looking forward to seeing the Welsh one, being a Welshman, <laughs> living in Wales. It's, you know, again, it's, it's making sure that we have a proactive support and we have a vibrant economy on a national basis, not just on a southeastern basis. And I think we, as a, like any company in our position, we're in an ability to influence that. Um, choices we make um, help the overall UK economy, and so we're keen to do that. So we've done a, you've already made the change of, of creating a Scotland region as well, haven't you? Yeah. So Cisco used to have a Scotland region. It's, a, it's kind of an internal technical thing, really. We actually are going to treat it as a separate country in the setup. And so we have a separate uh, organization under a single country leader and really building out that business as we go forward. And that gives us a little bit more uh, granularity of control about how we invest, how we find opportunities and how we uh, report and review our business in Scotland. So we had Ireland already, obviously, but have established Scotland this year. And obviously, you know, we have an agenda more widely of regions can kind of see the future yeah the future i'd like forward. to see a welsh region but that's okay <laughs> so thank you for that the, the we talked a bit about the network and the importance of the network and the other thing that chuck robbins uh, you mean our ceo has talked a lot about is moving down uh, moving towards software and and i know that that's been the the top thing i've been talking about for the last sort of 15 18 months is software 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 and making sure our customers and partners see the value in the software that they're getting from cisco so how, how are we faring as a region how are we faring as as, as a so we don't break out our our uk and i performance uh, separately in our public reported numbers you know chuck in the last analyst call also called out the uk and ireland theater specifically of doing an excellent job of executing, particularly in our enterprise and commercial businesses. And you can imagine that some of that is, is software-related. Okay, um, so we're doing all right. Yeah, we're, we're, hold, right. we're holding our end of the, of the bargain for, for Chuck. So there you go. If, when he's listening, hopefully he listens. So the other, the one big thing, I mean, you've, you've come, you worked in with partners with BT and leading the BT team, and they're hugely important to us because we... we we, can't, we sell through our partners and with our partners. So how has it been going with them? And have you been gone around meeting those leaders? And Yeah, one of, the thing, one of the things I did when I first came into the role was specifically go around and meet 
as many of the partners as I possibly could. The, the partners and the way we go to market are part of what makes Cisco successful. We build technology, our partners help customers implement and integrate those, uh, those technologies. Um, and it's been a great symbiotic relationship for the last 30 years. It works very well. It's important as the market moves and changes and transitions that we stay close to our partners and we work to help them be successful in their businesses. They help us be successful in our business. So I've spent a lot of time with partners. It's a, a big focus area for us because it underpins our go-to-market methodology for most of our geographic business globally. Uh, we need to uh, help our partners transition the technology changes that are happening now in the marketplace and make sure that they stay healthy and profitable and find new opportunity because that will lead to us being successful as well. Do you get any, I wouldn't say pushback, but do you get any any partners who are just who you need to convince a bit more or do they all just like yeah we get it we see what you're doing and we we're with you whenever you're going through a market transition you you have people that will look at their options and question about whether that's the right way forward but one of the things i think we uniquely have in the it marketplace is we have a history of integrity and working closely with our partners through thick and thin and that goes a long way People have long memories and they know, they know that when we say we're going to do something, we do it. And I, th I think as we go through the transitions in the marketplace today, we have a lot of credibility with our partners about being the route to a next generation of opportunities and success for them. Are there any other organizations or bodies that you go around and meet to try and influence or get feedback from? Or? Yeah, I mean, Cisco's obviously part of many many bodies we have a big role to play in the UK and I as a as a company I sit on the board of Tech UK which is the industry body for the technology group we're actually kicking off a new piece of work around automation the future of work on behalf of Tech UK it's uh, it's an interesting area and at the same time obviously we meet regularly with government and ministers to really give our viewpoint on you know what does digitization mean what is the opportunity for the uk market how do things such as cyber affect us and make us effective as an economy looking forward into the future cyber particularly is an area where the uk can be very successful we have a strong history in the space and we have great skills and talent within the uk it is a question of getting our scale up in those skills and, and building businesses around that. I'm going to spend a bit of time talking to the future now because obviously you've been in the role a year and you've got a, another, we just started our, fisc, uh, our new fiscal year now. So what are the key things that, that you see are going to be important for you this year? I think it is the market transitions that are occurring right now. Probably over, if you look back across the last 30 years, the shift to cloud and the shift to everything digital and online is probably greater than it has ever been. Uh, World Economic Forum numbers, 13 billion devices connected to the internet as of the end of uh, last year. Estimated by the end of this decade, that's rising to some 50 billion devices and then rising to half a trillion devices by the end of the following decade. 
They're massive numbers, They're aren't they? They're massive numbers. It's a massive ramp. And, and, and it, it really leads you to say two things. One, security will become ever more important. When you have so many things connected, it, security will become predominant in some of the approaches you have to take around IT. But the second thing it leads you to say is some of the ways we've done things for those last 30 years are not going to stay the same. We have to automate. The scale and the ramp of devices is so large that, that there is no alternative other than automation. So automation and security going forwards are big factors. So those transitions say how we help our customers understand how to uh, leverage the opportunity of digitization in a hyper-connected environment, but doing it securely and doing it in an automated way such that they're not caught out by that transition, um, but rather they leverage the opportunity it represents for their business. That is our focus for this fiscal because that will both drive customer success which look obviously lead to our success as well. So do you, you mean that's a massive thing? You mean trying to make the, this this IT industry more automated and making sure it's more secure? You mean, in my mind, that's more than a a 12-month sort of success yeah. thing. You mean, so <laughs> do you have some ideas or clear goals that you think, well, this is what I'm going to achieve in the next 12, by the end of the next 12 months? Yeah, I mean, obviously we, we have uh, we have specific business goals, you know, the next, the next yeah. 12 months. Um, some of it is is how our business transforms much more into recurring revenue. We launched our new platform of enterprise networking under the kind of the, the, the wider banner of the network intuitive, which is about how you uh, use the network to capture and control that, tra- that transition for customers. As we do that, we change our business model. We change our business model from a traditional resale model into a combination of of device plus software plus um, a cloud-based service, and the combination of those things is is a transition for our for our business and our customers. You know, but increasingly, customers are saying to us, you know, we need support, we need help in in managing that transition. Let's get together and do that in in combination. Um, and I think as we go through this year, we're looking very closely how effective we are in, in managing that and, and getting customers to adopt the new portfolios and the new ways of working associated with it. That's, you mean, that's the thing that we've been, I definitely think we are aligned to from that perspective. And I think from my day job as an as a, as a enterprise network specialist, of that we're all talking about the automation and then talking about how customers can have, have access to that software in a, in a recurring and ongoing way. I mean, that's, that's hugely been important for, for us for, for, for now and I know for the future as well. What are the other things that you're going to be sort of focusing on this year? Are there other bodies you're going to be meeting? Is there any key things you've got, got in mind? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we we are, you know, we're very interested in the outcome of Brexit and the Brexit negotiations. Um, They have practical implications for us as well. We uh, physically move a lot of stuff around, you know, like uh, like most companies that have a large import-export business. um, The UK is at the heart of that for us. So how those negotiations come come through over the next few months is very important to us. And, you know, we're providing our feedback pretty actively and regularly to key departments around, you know, things that we think we need um, to make that as effective as possible. But the other thing we will remain focused on within this year is 
how we support our community. One of the areas I'm personally involved in is, is actually how we, how we help service personnel get back to work post their career in service actually you know okay. subject close to your close own to, heart close to my heart close to my um, heart x-forces great initiative about how we help service per- personnel start their own businesses start small businesses and then how we help small businesses work alongside large businesses such as ourselves and i think you know that's just one example of of taking a, a proactive community stance around where business has a role to play in improving all of the UK some skills and opportunity rather than uh, just being very narrowly focused on its own numbers and intent. Wow, that's an absolutely awesome initiative. So I know I am biased, but that's actually <laughs> not, not being aware of it at all and no prep or anything, but that was really, that's, that's great to know. In 12 months' time, if you're going to look back, what do you think you'd, the key things you'd want to achieve this year? You mean, what does, what does the UK look like in 12 months' time? Cisco, you can, I, obviously, we look to achieve growth in our own business. Key factor, as always, uh, when you're a publicly reporting company. So we look to re- achieve growth in our own business. But I think f- it is in the areas we've discussed. It is the mix of our business will probably change dramatically over the next 12 months, moving much more into the, both the recurring revenue side of, of the way that we do business with customers, but at the same time also increasingly moving to software and security part of that business model. And that's not to say that it, it detracts actually from, from our traditional core business. In fact, it's, it's, it's very tightly intercoupled because if you look at the, big, the best approach we have for taking on some of the security threats and challenges that exist in the market, it is through the network that we get that visibility mm-hmm. to apply the security controls. Automation lets you do that, and then we use cloud levels of global visibility to provide the intelligence and the analytics into how we help our customers not just to stand on their own, but to be very much globally linked up as to what is the latest and greatest and best opportunity we can help them have in terms of fighting threats that exist. Thank you very much for joining us today, Scott. It's been absolutely wonderful to meet you and spend some time with you and hopefully everyone listening will. If you've got any feedback or any questions, you can please let us know. Uh, you can email me at justin.wollin at cisco.com, 2 l's one l or you can tweet me or you can contact us on LinkedIn as well.